You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and, well, have I got an interview subject for you coming up? His name is Vernon Reed, and of course he is the long-running, the guitarist I should say, in long-running New York outfit, Living Colour. The reason for the conversation is to promote their upcoming December 2018 tour of Australia. I'll read out some dates. They're playing on the 15th in Perth, the 17th in Adelaide, the 19th in Melbourne, the 20th in Brisbane. I will definitely be at that show and possibly even at the next show, which is on the 21st at Byron Bay. And on the 22nd, they're playing in Sydney at the Metro Theatre. So let's hear what Vernon has to say. Here we go. He's calling for a chat. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How the uh, how the phone has been treating you? Have we been treating you you well? Because I know that can be a bit of a grind uh, at times. Um, it's <laughs> thank you for asking, uh, <laughs> or thank you for saying that. Um, but I I enjoy the phone. I mean, I I have to keep my answers more succinct. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's a bit like that, isn't it? But look, you must know by now you've got a considerable fan base down here because this is your second visit in 24 months, which I think is a wonderful thing, right? But it, it felt like for a long time, and I say this with the greatest of respect because I'm an old fan, as old as you can possibly get in Australia of bands like Living Colour, King's X, Fishbone, Faith No More, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. That's my generation of music and the music that I still love, and I'm also a musician. But does it sort of feel like a second coming for you guys with the, the success? Or if it's not success in the in the traditional sense of the word, but... You know, you guys have got such critical admiration at the moment. Does it feel like a bit of a, a second coming? Well, I would I would say it's um, it's it's uh, it's we we love the fact that people still care. Number one, number two, it's a little bit like this. Um, part of the reason part of the reason why this is the band is still working and still doing what we're doing is that the things that we talked about so many years ago are still relevant and, mm. and and not just not just that not just the tunes are still cool I like literally funny vibes could have been written last year yes and that's in, and that's insane to me it's mm-hmm. insane to think like something like open letter to a landlord like the entire nature of what new york Everything that made the band has been destroyed by gentrification. Like all of the clubs, being able to afford an apartment, yeah. all of that has been literally destroyed. So open led to a landlord, it's a worldwide issue that young people, creative people, people that are just working, people just trying to live yeah. are... are a, like a, a t- the tiniest possible fraction of people in this world, and every country in the world has this tiny fraction of they own every effing thing. Mm-hmm. They have all the resources, and it's insane. So basically, it's we like we're living in the cult of personality right now, right in. A, a way that is is massive, and so that's part of the thing. You know, like we said these things, and these things you turn around and holy shit, this is exactly what we are talking about. 
Mm. Look, I'm so glad you bring up Funny Vibe because it's probably my favourite cut from you guys. And I understand the, the, what the lyrics are about because I've read, of course, the lyrics and I've spoken to Will. I think I spoke to Will about 18 months or so ago, whenever you last came down, whenever that was. And mm-hmm. I understand that a lot of the issues through your lyrics, you, you're spot on. They are very pertinent. So here's a question for you. How close do you think are to achieving so many of the goals that you wanted to achieve when you set up the Black Rock Coalition back in 1985? Well, I think about it like this. The work is going to go on. Like, everyone has to do... Okay, so an example. Mm -hmm. The Black Rock Coalition started, and after the Black Rock Coalition started its conversation, um, Afropunk started their conversation. And Afropunk is now a massive business. It's It's a massive worldwide business. They're having Afropunk festivals in Europe. Mm-hmm. They're having in the UK. In the UK, they're having Afropunk. They have an Afropunk festival in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's as well as in Atlanta, and they they have the one in Brooklyn. So a lot of the conversation that we started um, as a kind of community organization, mm-hmm. that conversation has more a super successful thing. Like one of the greatest satisfactions I have right now is the emergence of the film composer Tamar Kali. Mm-hmm. And Tamar Kali is is a she's a punk. She's an incredible vocalist and on top of that she's a legit composer. And you know, she's just coming on the scene she, the movie that she composed the score of, Mudbound, uh, last year, is a terrific independent film. And, and I just had a conversation with Tamar Kali not, not a day ago. Yep. And that, she's one of the greatest examples of the success of the ideas that we started. You know, we started a conversation. And... Do I take full credit? Of course not. People have to, you know, of mm-hmm. course not. But the, like, the fact that there are, there, there are going to be emerging artists who are African-American that are going to take their own, make their own path happen. That's yes. something I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for. To, I'm incredibly grateful to have been a small part in any way. Um, in people thinking, man, I could do that. Mm, yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's a huge thing. You know, there were artists that made it possible for me, you know, to, you know, and artists of color, you know, Jim, Carlos Santana, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix, you know, as well as many white artists, of course, Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, um, the Rolling Stones, like so many different, but all of these different people together, you know, John Lee Hooker, um, Ornette Coleman, John Coltrane, all of these artists help make me help. They've let me know that there are definite choices. There are different ways of being. Hmm. And Sly Stone, the first, you know, all these different artists, and some of whom I've had the the, the honor to meet them. You yep. know, all of these different people, just by being weird, quirky, being daring. Yep. Um, yep. They all said, "Man, you can, you can, you 
can do this thing. Hey, I've got to ask, because I mentioned some bands earlier, 24-7 Spies are a band that, that along with along with you guys and Fishbone, they were, you guys comprised three of the four bands that really made me become a musician listening to that music. But I talked to a lot of people, mate, and they don't know who they are. So Jimmy and 24-7 Spies have been doing their thing now for a long time, yeah, as you're well aware. Jim, Jim, Jimmy Hazel, yeah, 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 yeah sure. Yeah. Why don't you think they get more... Um, more critical reverence, if you like, in the same way that you guys do, because to be frank with you, it's always baffled me. Is it, and I've got to go there and ask this question, do you think it's a racial thing where people just aren't prepared to give them a break because they're playing a la funk metal, or is it something else? Am I missing something completely here? Well, you know, I think um, I want to be cautious about, well, the problem, okay, so the thing that's right about racism, race of racism, the fact that the society is biased mm-hmm. means that individuals can be lovely people mm-hmm. and, and be participating in a system that favors one over the other, right? Yep. Like the judge, the judge could be a really decent person, but because the system itself is a gestalt. It's a it's a hive mind. The system is unjust, and the system is biased. It's biased in its education. It's biased in its it's biased in who gets a loan and who doesn't get a loan. Mm-hmm. It's biased in, in whether one person can start a business or not. Right. Yep. Those those biases are are are. It's no individual. An individual person can be cool. But the, the whole thing is that judge could be a decent person, but the sentencing guidelines have been set forth by the legislature because the potters wants to be tough on crime. So that person, that bias is so baked in that the person who's doing the adjudication, they literally have to consciously be thinking Mm-hmm. about the things that they're doing when they have a white defendant and a black defendant. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the bias, you, that's, you, you think what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, so as individuals make their choices, like somebody that's also poor doesn't do drugs, right? Yep. And the other person is self-medicating. Now, that has to be seen against a backdrop of generational things. Like the person that's not self-medicating, it's by the luck of the draw, right? Like they did happen to not have an alcoholic in the family, right? Like one person that's self-medicating, remove the fact that it's a black and white person. Mm -hmm. The person that has an alcoholic in their family, white or black, the idea that that there isn't going to be another alcoholic in the family, the fact of one person committing suicide in the family is a predictor of someone else in that family committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Like Kurt Cobain, two of his uncles committed suicide. Yeah. Okay. Two of so he was at risk. Yes. Like suicide was an option in his family. So all of these things, right, are part of the thing. So 
the decisions that people make, they're, they're, you know, the people hear stories, they hear da 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 da, and then, and then they act out, and they're able to justify the things that they do. But I guess, I guess, just in a musical oh, sense. So, just in a musical sense, I just yeah, to oh, be frank oh, with you, being Australian, oh, being Australian, right? I get sick of yeah, hearing how yeah, great right. ACDC are because I don't give a shit to be honest with you. I, I give every reverence to ACDC, right. or what have you, but. A lot of the musicians that play around town here in Brisbane, where I'm from, it's all about ACDC and some of these traditional rock bands. And when I talk about, and I have done this, I've actually modelled my sound on Doug's sound and his tone. I play Music Man bass, right. but I've done gone to great lengths to listen to you where I could find live recordings and go, okay, that's what Doug's doing there. That's how I'm going to start incorporating what he does into what I do. Right. That sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been, if you like, like a, a champion for this sort of music, but it's just hard to cut through. I and appreciate even in, that. Even in the conversations that I have. So I didn't mean to cut you off, by the way, at all, because you're making a very relevant... No, 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 it's okay. No, no, I understand. I understand. It's frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating, and it's frustrating in a way. So take, take Jimi Hendrix, for example. Hmm. I love I love Hendrix. I really do. But I have been ambivalent about... I, people literally... Somebody really literally came up to me after a gig and say, well, you want to be like Hendrix. And I'm like, God. what do you say? What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a person literally presumed, you know what I mean? So the ACDC thing, I can relate to it. And, and this is one of my heroes, mind, mm. right? This is one of my heroes. But it's like, it's like people miss the whole thing. They, yeah, miss, they, they miss it entirely. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's part of the problem. You know, a lot of this stuff, like music, has always the music business has always been a bitch. The music business has always been difficult. Yes, it has. It's, it's a it's a it's a few people at the top of the pyramid, and to even get to even, there's just so many musicians I know who are amazing, amazing, and really talented, really got something to say, and they're not they they it's not happening for them, not yet anyway. And mm. that's an uh, that's an ugly aspect of life, regardless of who you are. You know, there's everybody knows that guy in their town who should have been famous, yes. or that woman who's an amazing singer. Like, oh my God, you're the next one. Mm. And it, and that that person, it's it's an unfair thing. It's an unfair thing. Life itself. See, life itself. Before you get into adding sexism or racism or homophobia. Before you add any of that, life is already unfair. <laughs> it <laughs> life, is. Life, <laughs> Indeed. Life's already unfair. It's, it's already unfair. It's like, you as a parent prefer one child over the other. Like people, you know, you know one of the deepest things? <laughs> sibling rivalry. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Sibling rivalry. Yeah. Si sibling rivalry has done as much to shape history as anything you can name. Where's the, you know, there's no history book, there's no book that analyzes sibling rivalry among well-known people. Just, just that aspect. Yep. If, he, if, some, if someone were to go in and say, oh, you know, oh, you, there are a lot of people that they had a younger brother or older sister. We never talk about those things. But that person became famous because they wanted to show up somebody in their family. Yes, yeah, I understand. Like they, Davies Brothers and the Kinks, for example, they've only finally just got back together after 40 years or whatever it's been, 45 years, so you're spot on. It's like that. It's, yeah. un 
It's un, it's un, it's unbelievable. I mean, look at Oasis. Course, I mean, yeah. look at I mean, it's look at the, the holy shit. It's it's a it's it's a real thing. And so you know, there are all these different things. We look at black and white. We look at gender. We look at these things, and they exist. They're real. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, we it all comes back to us being human beings, and that that's not to negate all of the other issues. Those issues are real, and uh, Australia, you know, Australia has its own scenario with the Aboriginal people. Mm-hmm. It, it's got its own history. It's a dark history, and it's a crazy history. So when I talk to people, and they say, "Well, you know, the American, you know, you're African American, blah blah blah," and I go, "Well, you've got your own." Like, that's the thing about being in Australia. Australia's amazing to me because, okay, I'm in this town. It's a modern town. They got cool things. They got food. They got fashion. They got everything. But this city, is uh, its history is utterly different than the history that I came up with. It's mm-hmm. a utterly different history. It's a completely different scenario of, of how it got here. <laughs> but, but the similarities are there to be seen. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They are, mate. Look, I better let you go to your next one. I think I've only got the 15 minutes, but just quickly, I was in Mandolin Brothers many years ago, and the owner told oh. me, yeah, and the owner told me you were in the shop, and I didn't want to go looking for you because I, I, I was hoping that eventually I'd have oh my to chat to you. But I was in there when you were oh bloody in there, God. and I thought, no, I won't, I won't go and bug you because you, you probably. Oh, you should have said something. Oh my God. Okay, so <laughs> quick story, quick, quick, yeah. quick story, quick, quick, very quick. So, Staten Island. Is, is 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 the most conservative borough in New York. Mm-hmm. And we just had our elections and there's been a Republican congressperson from Staten Island forever. And this last election, we elected the first Democratic, you know, uh, congressperson yep. from Staten Island. And, and all I have to say, his name is Max Rose. And Max Rose's headquarters was the old Mandolin Brothers. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Wow. Right. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> resonating with your wonderful guitar playing too, mate. So there you go. So, look, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to finally talk to you. I meant what I said about modeling my sound Man. on you guys and Doug's playing and your playing as well. So thank you so much that's for a, making that. That's music. an honor, man. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the conversation. It was great. Thanks, mate. No worries at all. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was a conversation that featured the legendary Vernon Reid from Living Colour. Thank you so much for listening.